You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. You know, Mary, Donald Trump uh, spoke the other night and uh, he was talking about how the House of Representatives did not have the necessary security. And so January 6th, he feels, was actually the fault of the House of Representatives because he said he offered 10,000 troops and National Guard. And he blamed all of this specifically on, wait for it, Nikki Haley, who, <laughs> who of course, was not the Speaker of the House. She wasn't even in any public office at, at that time. And a lot of people uh, have been saying, this is a sign that Donald Trump is really losing it. Actually, Nikki Haley has been saying that, uh, that we don't want to elect a guy who is clearly mentally slipping. But you're not sure you agree with her. Is that right? No, I think that the media, Nikki Haley, but she has a different reason for doing it. They're taking the bait. The reason for Nikki Haley to do that, which makes political sense, she can compare him to Trump. Like she said, we don't need another. Compare him to Trump. Biden, you mean? Yeah, compare him to Biden. Okay. And that makes perfect political sense. I think that the media... And I listened to all the shows this morning and nobody um, suggested, as I'm going to, that that's very deliberate on Trump's part because he compared or confused Nikki Haley with the most hated Democrat in the world after Joe Biden and Barack Obama. And he has confused Obama and Biden. And I also think that's very deliberate because I think. In Trump's lizard brain, he can code to Republicans because, you know, as we always say, politics is a game of addition, not subtraction. So he has to add to his base. So who does he bring into the base? He brings in non-MAGA Republicans who detest um, Nancy Pelosi and detest um, Barack Obama. So he's just you know, converging these two people. He's making one person out of these people. And the other stuff he's been saying on the stump about Nikki Haley, she's an internationalist, she's a liberal, she supports George Soros. Every single thing is code for Republicans that this is a very bad and dangerous person. And to me, the minute I heard that about Pelosi, I'm like, wow, that is sick in its cleverness. So actually you're saying, we're gonna call this uh, the Mary Jo theory. Yes. Uh, I call it MJT, which is taught in our public schools. MJ <laughs> no, it's MJPT, John. MJPT, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you're saying he didn't confuse Pelosi and Haley, he conflated them. Yes. Is that fair? That okay. is exactly what I, that's what I think. And that's a very good academic word. So if we're going to put it in MJPT, the idea of conflation, 
I think yeah. is what we want to put there. Yeah. I mean, does well, that make sense to you? Yeah, it it does. And, you know, in a normal world, talking about normal people, I would say no, that nobody would do that. But you're always right about the reptile brain. And, and for the people that listen to Donald Trump, and they listen very, very carefully for all of these things, they believe that there is this, uh, well, as Hillary Clinton would have said, a vast conspiracy, but they think it's a vast left-wing conspiracy. Uh, and all those people make it up. Uh, they are, uh, I, I'm just reading now, Tim Alberta's book about the evangelical movement and the, um, uh, uh, the connection to the Republicans and Donald Trump. And one of the phrases that jumps out that Trump used and Pastor Robert Jeffress, who was the pastor of First Baptist in uh, uh, Dallas and a huge leader in evangelical, they both use this phrase, they are under siege, under siege. And I, I really think that's it. They are fearful that they are being attacked. And I think, frankly, that's starting to explain to me why evangelical Christians support somebody that even they know is a despicable character. They think that when you are under siege, you don't need a nice, warm St. Francis. And if he makes up things and conflates people and puts things together, he's simply doing that to defeat the enemy. Does that fit uh, yeah. with you? Yeah, I mean, this makes perfect sense because if you're evangelicals, which is not anymore, to me, a designator of um, a religious person, but more it's a person who uh, feels like your cultural values and the things you believe in and the things that you have based your life around are being attacked by the, um, you know, the... The Democrats is their shorthand, but they don't really mean that. They mean the cultural elites, the people that think it's okay for your kids to be gender fluid and it's okay um, for you to look down on, you know, the the flyover states and, you know, all of that stuff. It's a, it's a whole panoply of issues. So you don't care really about the religious piece of it. I don't know if Alberta says this, but this is the way it feels to me just from reading and listening. And what you care more about is making sure that those people, those evil, the, you know, the internationalist, which is code word for Jew. We know that that's a long mm -hmm. history of that, but that those folks don't take away your way of life and the things that you believe in. And Trump is the perfect avatar because he gives voice to all that crazy stuff. To us, it, it sounds ridiculous. Like one of the things that, that many Trump people think is that the entire system is set up, I mean, is being used to keep Trump out of office. The political system, but more importantly, the legal system. I hear that and I think, are they dumb? You, nobody has that much control over the legal system. You have grand juries. There's so many checks in the system itself. 
some of the cases he's complaining are civil cases, just regular people. You or I can, we have a hundred bucks, can sue anybody. But in their vast left-wing conspiracy, all the, um, the powers of the court system have been marshaled against this one man because he's the only one standing up for them and his fight for their way of life. Is that right? Is that basically what Alberta is saying? Well, it really is. And uh, I haven't read the book. This yet, is Alberta. not uh, this is I'm not giving Alberta's position here, although I'm certainly drawing on him. But in my view of it, I think it goes all the way back to 1954 and Brown v. Uh, Board Four. of Education. Uh, I think there are deep racial roots. Uh, it is not uh, just an accident that so much of this took place within the Southern Baptist Convention, the big, which is the largest uh, of all the Protestant church. The Southern Baptist Convention was created when the Southern states broke away from the Northern states on the issue of slavery. The Southern Baptist uh, uh, churches were deeply segregationist and they preached segregation. And that continued up till the uh, late 60s, they themselves were segregated congregations and would not allow black members, certainly not black, black leadership. Now, Alberta does make the point that in the very late 60s, early 70s, there was a swing in the Southern Baptists and they uh, condemned segregation. They began to uh, bring black members into the churches and that became part of an overall liberalization of welcoming women into uh, roles of, of leadership. But it did not last long. In about 10 years, by the late 70s, mid to late 70s, there was a backlash against that, to some extent coming at the same time as the Reagan uh, uh, revolution did. And the conservatism reasserted itself right at a point that Reagan and many others that you could name saw the possibility of using the religious right to further their political gains. And this all comes, I think, to a climax when, uh, when uh, this group of people, which now have extended to what we call evangelicals, look and say, wait a minute, we have a black president. This is a problem. And I think the worst all happens then, which leads to Donald Trump. That was too long of an answer. Well, I mean, it's it's a fascinating kind of view of our history because intertwined with that is the 60s and the liberalization brought about by the 60s, which Reagan also was a reaction to. And we're still living with that because we saw the world like, wow, this is awesome. You're gonna, um, you know, in the 70s, you have the women's movement, you had abortion rights, you had um, Stonewall and all the gay rights stuff. You know, all this stuff starts bubbling up and happening and just regular people, like people like our mom who are like, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, well, what do we care? <laughs> I mean, right. like, if these are good people. They're living their lives. They're not hurting anybody. That's a huge sea change that if your world is based on those people are all bad and they're evil and 
you know, you also have this thing start to happen in the 80s and 90s where you have a lot of interracial and inter, like, you know, my kind of marriage too, where you're marrying immigrants or people from who are not of your tribe. And again, average Americans are like, yeah, I guess I don't love it, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. That starts to change the United States in a way that a segment of the population just can't accept. And so all those things come together, and here we are today. And um, the, the, the thing I think, and I did save you when we were texting this morning, the problem Trump has is that's not 51% of the country. Like that people that he's relying on is maybe 40%. And if he can't add people to that, he can't win. It's just mathematically impossible. Unless, as we talked about last week, the third parties start to pull people away from Biden. But just his base alone matched against this whole other crazy coalition of people the Democrats have put together. I, I just don't see how he wins with that. So that's the point about adding people with Pelosi hate. Well, I I think you're exactly right on all of that. Let me just add one more element. I don't think there's any possibility that he increases the size of his voting block or or base. I you know, there's an internal contradiction. What attracts his base in what he says turns off the rest of the world. You, you can't get past that that contradiction. Uh, but the real enemy, third parties, I think are a possibility, but the biggest one is people staying home. Right. People failing to recognize the amount of damage that uh, Donald Trump can do or feeling, well, Joe Biden is no better. He's just, you know, he's an old guy, guy too. So it doesn't make any difference. And on a, a rainy Tuesday morning in November, uh, I'm busy. I, I'm not going to get there because it just doesn't make any any difference. And that, in some ways, a great number of ways, is what caused Donald Trump to be elected in the first place. People yeah. stayed home, and they stayed home in such numbers that Hillary Clinton lost. Yeah, and plus a lot of misogyny, too. Yes. And the FBI. Well, I mean, there were a lot yeah. of reasons, but I think part of thinking it's just another election. What difference does it make? And so we're, you know, we're, the Democrats, Biden's people have to convince the country that it really does make a difference. And that's their job. And they've got, you know, 10 months to create that contrast. And they might as well start Wednesday morning because Trump is going to be the nominee. Absolutely. Go ahead. Put your 22 cents on it because... <laughs> <laughs> he is going to win. He, by the way, little uh, as we leave New Hampshire and everything else behind, I think I'm right on this. A historical reminder: we look at New Hampshire as being the comeback primary, you know, for John McCain and everything. And the biggest one was the guy who used the phrase Bill Clinton that yeah. he was the comeback kid. I'm pretty certain Bill Clinton finished second. He did. The- he finished second, but. He was, you know, here's the thing about Clinton. He, like Barack Obama, like Trump, sadly, is a once in a generation politician. And nobody running 
any other, you know, Democrats or Republicans have his talent, except unfortunately the lizard brain. And Trump yeah. does have those political talents. And that's what's scary. Do you remember, or I'm going to have to look up right now, who finished first? Was it, was it Songus? No. Um, Songus? Paul Songus? Could might, be. Might have been. I, I, I think it was Paul Songus. But that is a great trivia question. So we will present that at the next Sibling Talk. Gotcha. Talk to you. Bye. All right. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.